Hello, my loves. How are you? A very happy new year to your fine self. Are you alive? Did you survive it? If you're anything like me, you're probably living permanently in leggings and very comfy tracksuit bottoms. Those jeans are just a little bit tighter than they were in 2015, not gonna lie. Oh, also, check out us and our new music. Gone all professional and stuff. Well, we like to think so. I'm not quite sure we can class ourselves as professional just yet. But we do have music and jazzy things, thanks to Tom Juno. At Tom Juno on Twitter. What a hero. He's helped us make ourselves sound a little bit slicker. I definitely wouldn't go so far as saying slick, but slicker, I hope so. So, another brand sparkly year. Very excited about this fact. Mainly because it means we get to hunt out a loads more incredibly inspiring and exciting people to shove in your ears for the next few months. Not much more that excites me more than that, quite frankly. And oh my gosh, have we got a goodie to kick it off with. I don't think I could design a better passion border to kick off a new year with. I really, I genuinely don't. Emma Gannon is a blogger. She's got a blog called Girl Lost in the City and is this year going to be a published author with Control-Alt-Delete, How I Grew Up and Stayed Sane Online. So she's social media, she's all that kind of jazz. And this podcast is not only a real insight into that world, but also stuffed full of amazing advice. She's super honest. Her style, if you've ever read anything she's written, is very natural, very honest. So heaps of inspiring stuff in here, hopefully, that you'll be able to feast on. So, 2016, let's be having you. You're listening to Passion Pod 76 with Emma Gannon. Right, wicked. So, I was going to describe you as a blogger, but actually writer, I feel, now with this new book. So, I don't know, how do you describe yourself if you meet someone? That is funny you should say that, because I wrote a blog post in 2010 called Are You a Writer or Are You a Blogger? And it was like one of my most popular blogs, actually, it still is. It just gets loads of clicks, and I think it's because people don't really know what to call themselves because you don't want to pigeonhole yourself and just be a blogger because that comes with its own connotations. But then being a writer, I feel, is a really hard thing to call yourself. You almost feel like, have I earned it? Have I earned the right to call myself that? Isn't that funny? What And you think blogger is just something that's much more accessible in mm. a funny way. I think anyone can be a blogger. Yeah. But introducing yourself at a dinner party saying, I'm a writer, that's quite a statement, I think. And also, I guess, I don't know, but there's quite a preconception behind people with blogs, I think, a lot of the time. So to say you're a writer and then to chat to people and be like, actually, you know, what my main thing is, I'm writing a blog. Well, there's this author on Twitter who I follow. She wrote um, Chocolat. Oh, Joanne yeah, Harris, and lovely. she she tweeted, um, "You can only call yourself a writer if you've written for ten years." Oh. And I think she means writing books. Oh. And that kind of made me think, "Oh, oh, I love you, but I don't agree with you." Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think it's up to you if you want to call yourself a writer. But it is one of those things where you might get a bit of a weird reaction if you don't have enough to back it up on. Okay, so the stuff that you're working on at the moment, you've got a book coming up. Tell us about that, and also your blog. What sort of stuff is the stuff that you mainly focus on? Yeah. So the book is for my younger self. It's split into categories all to do with growing up online, all to do with being a young 20-something woman who has a history of online faux pas. Um, So we've got things from cyberbullying to sex shaming to where the fuck is the porn for 20-something women. Am I allowed to say fuck? Okay. Um, (laughs) um, Feminism and what that means for the online world, how it's changed. Um, dating, how that has gone from traditional guardian soulmates to Tinder. Uh, photoshopping, how it's not just the cover of a magazine, it's now our friends. 
who don't look like them on Instagram anymore. It's so weird when you break it down. I remember actually my granny had a tea towel once that was like all the things that have happened since the year she was born. I and love it, that. But it was that, it's that kind of thing, but in a sort of condensed version, isn't it? It's like stepping back and being like, oh my gosh, wow. Yeah. Like, look at how this stuff has really shifted itself. I have such a visual memory in the sense of I've always kept a diary. So I've got diaries from when I'm 14. And I remember how I was when I was 14 really well. Even though I'm totally different to my 14-year-old self, I still remember how I felt and I still remember how that was. So writing this book is basically, it's for teenagers now. It's a young adult book. But it's very much, here's what I've learned you'll be fine, the internet can fuck with you basically, but here's how to get out the other side and be a normal human being. In a nutshell. <laughs> it's like, we all need one of those. I kind of feel like I need that now. Um, and then tell me about the blog, my love. So that's the real sort of thing of your, your sort of baby. What's yeah. your focus on that? If someone's never heard of you and what you do, just give us a bit of a summary. So the blog is, I would say it's evolved in sort of a culture lifestyle sort of blog, but definitely through a lens of being a genuine person. So I don't fluff around with try and pretend my life is perfect and I don't try and pretend that the world is perfect but it is a very positive place and it will always be a positive place where I basically kind of spill my soul with the world hopefully not in a cheesy way but just in a hopefully relatable way where you can go there and read an opinion on something that isn't too fluffed up. So take me back, how did you get into it? Have you always enjoyed writing? Is it something that you've always like done or where did it all start? Yeah, I've always enjoyed writing. I had a bit of a weird experience at uni where I was basically told never to be a writer and don't quit your day job and this is like the most awful piece of writing I've ever read. Are you joking? Yeah, on my last day of my third year, my tutor was really slating my work. It's actually really handy that when you're giving in your dissertation, isn't it? That's yeah. sort of really yeah. constructive <laughs> yeah. feedback there. It was, yeah, oh, it, was, man. it wasn't great. And my best friends at uni basically like found me in heat crying on the floor. Oh, love, <laughs> that sounds really unfair. But then what was really funny is I went out for dinner when I was celebrating me getting my book deal and it was the same people that had like picked me up from the floor crying were like buying me flowers and being like, oh my God, congratulations. So Tutor didn't I, get the invite though, probably not. <laughs> no. <laughs> I will send him a coffee. But yeah, no, it is, it's a funny one, but I do like having that anecdote. Yeah, it's a great one. It's not, you don't always have people motivating you. Um, but so you did a degree, what was your degree in then, an essay-based subject? So you obviously... Yeah, I loved my degree actually. I went to Southampton, but I wasn't really in love with the city. I was just dying to get to London. So I'm from the countryside in Devon. Oh, so I, it was very slow-paced, really nice. Didn't appreciate it when I had it. Lovely, but equally get me to London. I want some weird experiences that I can write about. I can't write about this cow in the field. So, um, <laughs> um, I went to Southampton, it was like a bit weird, but I did English literature and film studies, which okay. was like a lot of script writing and a lot of theory, a lot of films. Like I was I was surrounded by some amazingly talented creative yeah, people. Inspiring yeah. Yeah. So I loved it and then I kind of just got that wake up call at the end where I just basically scraped by. And what I've realised is, I think some people are very good at writing essays into a structure and they're very good at writing and really playing up the educational system of starting a sentence of like, conversely, I believe. Yeah, where do those words even like, come why from? Do you write How these? do you even know those words? And in conclusion, I feel, I, my brain was just like, 
fuck this. <laughs> and so I just, I think because I basically went on tangents too much and went off on one and I didn't want to stick to this boring essay structure, I failed. Do you think, um, though, that that kind of practice kind of helped shape it, though, a bit? I don't know, just literally getting the word hours out, yeah. almost. So, you know, there's that saying that's like, it takes ten years to be an overnight success, or whatever it is. And no one sees all the, like, backlog. And on Wikipedia, you see, like, a bullet point of things, but then you don't realise there's an eight-year gap, actually, between that actor getting his first job and his second job. Or you just don't see that behind the scenes. So I think writing my blog for nearly six years now, and let's be honest, for the first three or four years, no one read it. It's basically a runway of you just practising, 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 like playing the piano, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't work, seeing what you're comfortable with writing, seeing what you're not comfortable with writing, and just getting to know yourself. I feel like I've learned so much about myself just by doing it. Yeah, but it's almost, it's that thing of getting stuff out, isn't it? It's, I don't want to say therapy because that's not the sort of vibe, but yeah, it's like it a... Re- kind of is like therapy, Yeah, release. Yeah, it's like that. And also, you know, figuring out what you actually think. Half the time I have no idea what I think, and then I write something and I'm like, oh my God, that's what I think about that. That's weird and interesting, and I'm not going to publish that. Because <laughs> that's the funny thing is, I don't publish everything. Really? Sometimes I just don't want to. That's really interesting, though. How do you self... Um, I guess it's a gut instinct, how you self-edit what goes up and what doesn't. Because your blog and your style is so personal and natural. I love it. I think it's very much, I don't know, I I really empathise with it because it's the sort of thing I love to read. It's the sort of thing I want to hear about. And so the idea of you sort of self-editing that is interesting. I think what it is, is that if you're a writer, you have to have a little bit of savviness around you about the fact that, yes, I have a blog and yes, I write on it and I've written on it for six years. But do I want to give away everything for free, online, every day, bearing my soul? Because at the end of the day, I believe that creative people, people that write, people that do all sorts of creative industries, should get paid eventually. Yeah. So, for example, <laughs> book plug, um, you know, a lot that's in my book never got published on my blog because it was almost something that I wanted to keep back. And I would say I would give that advice to some people actually who were just publishing, publishing away because yes, get your stuff out there and yes, get yourself noticed but at the same time Be you don't have to put everything on a plate because you might want to build your audience and then publish something a little bit longer or something that you spent more time on or maybe you want to write a TV show based on a real experience or maybe you want to write a play maybe you want to write a book and maybe your blog isn't the place for that. Yeah, it's just kind of thinking about it in a bit of a bigger picture I guess rather than everything that you're doing day to day. Yeah. Um, so tell me when when you started your blog you know it wasn't the blog that it is now how did you make stuff work financially yeah so I <laughs> it's funny actually because I, I don't want to um, ever say that it's a really good thing changing jobs every five seconds but literally like I go home for Christmas every year and my parents are like or my family are just like oh so new job like I can't hold down a job like I think I'll <laughs> sell yourself here darling <laughs> really this is the lady you want on your books <laughs> no, I mean, that's the way forward at the moment because we're allowed like, we're, in a, yeah, we're in a situation it's, where it's you can totally fine and it's not <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, fired. I didn't get fired. But I definitely decided to leave after a year when I felt like I'd done everything I could possibly do and I didn't want to repeat another year of the same old stuff. So I think I've met a lot of people from changing around. I've done a lot of things in the last five years and I've had a lot of experiences which has actually fed into a lot of my writing. I don't think you can be a writer and not live kind of an interesting life. Like, And you have to make that happen for yourself. But before, I worked at a creative agency. Well, I worked at Edelman and I worked on brands like Dove. So it, it was 
not my street because it was writing and researching women, my passion point, but it was in a kind of marketing sort of area. So yeah, I worked for brands and I did a lot of copywriting, but also a lot of strategy for them. And that's when really I found my feet in social media and digital. I was one of the first people really to sort of launch brand pages on social media for all these ma- massive companies. So, so cool. I learned so much. Exciting time. Yeah, and so much geeky stuff, like all of that analytics and all of the stuff that goes into like finding what people are saying about you online. Really, you know, just clever ways of like listening to your audience. So I feel like I've, I mean, I will never poo-poo any of that experience I've had because I know so much about social media and I love it. It just wasn't for me in that sort of marketing space. I wanted to write and I wanted to work for a magazine. So cool though, because it means like you say, you're bringing all of the stuff that at the time, I think so often you're doing things and you don't realise necessarily how they're going to bring you to the thing that you want to do. And this is so great to be in a position now to look back and be like, oh my gosh, so that's what led to that, to that, to that, you know, it's kind of satisfying in a way. It's really satisfying. And I think as well, a lot of people who are like millennials or just in our generation, we're not good (laughs) at doing one thing sometimes. I think a lot of us have a million different jobs all at once on the go fingers in pies you can see it even with just like well-known celebrity young people it's like they're an actor they're a journalist like you know lena dunham's writing her own tv shows but then she's also just launched a newsletter and she's also just making all these films and she's also written a book i just think we can do all these things we don't pigeonhole ourselves like maybe our parents or older generations did yeah you're so right and it's so exciting that but it's funny it comes back to what you say though about this thing of working in more creative industries and how a lot of that i think comes from a not only our interests perhaps in lots of different stuff but be the necessity because mm. to earn a living doing these things it ain't as simple as just rocking up and doing the same thing day in day out thank god actually yeah, so otherwise yeah. we, we wouldn't be doing it but you know I think that is something that actually needs to happen yeah. in order to make I that mean, work a lot of people do not disclose the fact that they have a separate job their whole social media profile and online presence will be like I'm a writer I write here what you don't know is that they have a side job copywriting for toothpaste brand honestly like and it's not a bad thing it's just a lot of people do a lot of different things to get income and I don't think there's anything wrong with that I really couldn't agree with you more but I think that's the issue I think there's something right the nugget of that is that we have this thing that it is seen as a bad thing I'm absolutely victim to that I have been definitely in the past of like oh, look at what I'm doing out here, la 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 But actually behind here, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm actually working in an office a couple of days a week yeah. at the moment. You know, why is there a shame in that? Because it means that I'm, I'm unable to create this amazing stuff at the front. So, exactly. Yeah, I think there's and a I real think shift. the opposite is true, that actually that's really impressive. Mm. And when I worked at an agency for three years and was blogging on the side and I was writing for, like, the Huffington Post blogs, obviously unpaid. Um, I was writing for a US website, Zoe Deschanel's Hello Giggles, Amanda decadenates the conversation. I was writing for all these websites. I would send them stuff and be like, please publish me. And I ended up getting this massive portfolio of writing. But I didn't, that wasn't my job. Like I couldn't have actually said, oh, I'm a writer for magazines. No, I wasn't. I was just doing it at like midnight, trying to, you know, get something out there. So I think when you juggle things, you can build up this amazing portfolio and then you can maybe make the jump later on. Yeah, foundation, I guess, isn't it? Um, Sweet, what do you find the most challenging thing? I mean, talking about the juggling, obviously that's one aspect, but what what have you found the most challenging thing about doing the stuff that you do? Um, hmm. Oh, great, a pause there. This is brilliant. (laughs) Nothing, it's all really easy. (laughs) Oh, which one do I pick? Oh, you can choose lots. Um, I think... The most challenging thing sometimes is feeling like I should pick one thing. It's almost like the way my brains are wired. I'm like, oh, maybe I should just write books. 
box, yeah, box, box. Maybe I should just try and be an author. Maybe yeah. I should just be the social media editor. Maybe I should just be a blogger. Maybe. So um, I think it's the constant juggle, I guess, but ironically that's the thing I love the most. So it's just making sure that everyone gets their airtime, making sure that I'm having enough time for myself, making sure I'm seeing my friends enough, to be honest, making sure that I'm just not working the whole time. Because when you love what you do, I never feel like I'm working. People ask me, how do you find the time? How do you find the time? And I find that question mad. I'm like, I don't ask you how you find the time to cook or watch Netflix or have sex. Like, I enjoy this. <laughs> this is not something that I make time for. This is like my life. It's like everyone listening being like, I want that life. <laughs> I want it now. Yeah, but it's great. What an amazing position that you've worked, your, you know, socks off to get into. Brilliant. And it shows that it's totally doable. That's what I find so exciting. And I, but also having a zigzaggy way in. I didn't do the magazine internship. I didn't do the master's degree in journalism. I didn't do the classical traditional path into working at a magazine. I literally just used the internet and did geeky things to boost my SEO and make sure that people were just discovering me. I think it is exciting. I think everyone has a voice. Everyone can do something online. It's just A, consistency, because I really do think the successful ones are just the ones that don't stop and they just keep on going. They won't go away. They keep pestering people. That eternal doorknob. <laughs> and B, the, the ones that sort of really believe in what they're doing so much that you kind of just want to get on board with them. I think that's really infectious. When that someone loves what they do, you just want to be like, oh, I want to be a part of that. But that is something that, yeah, it's the closer you can be tapped into that. It's like going back to what you were saying about doing the stuff you love. It's like, find that thing that's yours and then push on. Because in whatever way it is, it comes out, doesn't it? It just, yeah. you can't and really help it. And also it's sort of, the way I always think of it, and this is a kind of Liz Gilbert type bit of advice from her book, but it's almost, imagine you were doing what you really loved most in the world, like your whole life, and you maybe didn't reach that level of success that you always dreamed of. You can still look back and say, I literally had the best time ever. For me, like I, the book is amazing, don't get me wrong, but I did not expect it. And it was my goal for a lot, lot, lot later down the line. So I just feel like it really does come from just doing it because you want to do it. And it sounds so cheesy and everyone says it and it's so cliche, but everything is a bonus because if you're just doing what you like doing every single day, woo! And also no matter how you try, and you know, we've all been there, you can't fake that kind of stuff. And that's why it is so amazing. But it's interesting, I wanna jump back a bit to what you were saying about you know making time for your friends and mm -hmm. for yourself. What you do because of the nature, and obviously you, know, you love what you do, but it is engaging with a lot of people all the time. And that energy that that takes, whatever, whoever you are, whatever you're doing, that takes a lot. Yeah. Yeah, what are the sort of tips or things that that you found are a good way to kind of make you know to find that way to replenish yourself I guess because you're yeah. giving out all the time definitely I think I mean I definitely do switch off more than the people probably think I do just because the nature of the internet will mean that perhaps I've written five blog posts and they're going out throughout the week so that's not actually me physically sitting there tweeting it out or that's not me physically writing every night that's me being clever with the way that I'm timing things so maybe it looks sometimes like people are very much more busy 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 online when they could actually have their phone on flight mode and you know they've just scheduled Lying something to go live <laughs> yeah um so i think lots of things 
really relax me but I'm very strict with myself with just time that I'm not doing anything obviously like schedule it in almost yeah, yeah. Um, definitely I think well I live with my boyfriend and obviously you know you don't want to get lazy and you don't want to just be like oh it's fine I'll see you tonight because we live together I think you need to make sure that's still a really exciting relationship where you go and do things so that's really important but um what's actually brilliant is that my best friends don't get it <laughs> that is and amazing it's really, really. Great because it just means that they don't give you any excuse they don't, they're for like it. oh well, that's nice but at the same time we'll talk about what they're doing we'll talk about what i'm doing and then we'll not talk about it at all and that's mostly what's what happens if we don't talk about it because they're just not in the world i'm in in this like media frenzy but there's no better thing at the end of a long day <laughs> it's like you're what what's the blog talk me through it hopefully not that much no, 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 I, she, my friend Charlotte literally breaks computers like she touches things and they break like she, oh, it's just technology is not her not thing her thing she's well, amazing at a lot of things but I think she's tweeted once and her name has like one two three four five six seven eight nine on the end of it <laughs> Like, it's it's like, like the original email address as well. Yeah. 1983. <laughs> yeah. Showing my age, huh? Um, yeah, it's the same with my boyfriend, actually, because he does, he's not on Twitter. and He, he only goes on it when, he's, when I'm not texting him back. And he's like, where are you? Oh, wait, you've just tweeted. You're like on the loo. Because I'm obviously I'm tweeting every five minutes. Um, but it's funny because he'll just be like, even with things where I'm like, hey, this has happened today. And it's really cool. He'll be like, yeah, okay. But the washing up needs to be done. Like you, you can't always get... You, you know, I have my blogger friends for that who were like, oh my God, you got um, a like from this amazing YouTuber, whatever it is that's niche in the online world. Um, but that, you have separate friends for, di- for separate things. Totally. And it's, you know, it feeds into the whole thing, doesn't it? They all complement each other. It's amazing. Mm. Advice wise, we've talked a lot about advice. What if you had to choose a couple of bits and pieces, what would be your like main bits of advice to pass on? So I would say that you need to pick things that really inspire you so if there's a book that has made you want to write a book you don't just read that book you study it how many chapters has it got what has that person put in the acknowledgements who is the agent what's the cover like what are her sentences like how has she structured it what are the chapter titles like for me i learned so much by studying the way things are done and that can be anything that can be if you want to make films obviously you know you need to break down what it is how it was made how are you going to do it so i think my one piece of advice is you kind of do have to be obsessed because i'm i'm obsessed with what i do i'm really obsessed with it like i'm sad (laughs) i love it no it's called passion darling that's why we love it so i think before i started writing my own i just read and read and read and read the real so, attention to detail from what you're saying as well, though, it's really tooth comb, you know, really yeah. going through it. And I mean, looking on Twitter and following every single person that person's mentioned in the back of the book, really looking wow. into Bays, what this goes is dedication. I know. Mega. But yeah, it's the power of social media, I think, because one person will like your tweet, they might mention that tweet in the pub. And it just is a knock on effect, you know. And I think putting your stuff out there really regularly makes you have more responsibility for Mm. what you do because for me have I like marketed enough as one so I'm going to take responsibility there have I told enough people about this have I emailed people about it have I shared it have I shouted about it really loudly if I haven't well you haven't given it a very good go and number two is taking responsibility when it doesn't do very well so when I if I write a blog post and it gets like one share and I've really tried you know pushed it out there a lot and it just hasn't resonated that's because it wasn't very good or that's because no one liked it i think you have to take responsibility of 
learning what works and what doesn't and the more you share your work the more you'll know what your niche is again it's that it's crafting isn't it yeah yeah another thing I kind of wanted to touch on along those lines is is when writing the book proposal so I have never written one before I didn't know anyone really that had I I didn't know who to ask yeah um it literally was I had an idea and what do I do next and I just think it's a really important bit of knowledge to share that you can find out a lot from the internet on what to do and before you freak out about how you don't know how to do something I think it's really important to literally google how to write a book proposal and it's so simple and I'm sure loads of people have done it but if you really wade through you get to some really amazing stuff and you can get to published authors book proposals or a template that someone's put up or a literary agent who's put up a template or a YouTube video of someone talking about how they did it and I just think this is amazing some of it obviously wasn't great but it kind of planted a seed of maybe what I should think about but it's all going in isn't it everything whether it's good or bad it's all helping you collate how you want to do yours really isn't it exactly so I think my piece of advice on that would be instead of kind of expecting someone else just to kind of turn up and talk you through it you need to just do a bit of digging yourself first I really do think that you can figure out a lot of things yourself at the moment I've got a friend who gets a lot of emails from people just saying stuff like how did you get how did you design your blog header and what dimensions do you use for wordpress and how can i do this and that and the other and it's like not being funny here but if you had one I, question you, left if, on the earth <laughs> yeah. would it be the dimensions of your wordpress blog <laughs> it's, it's like i would love to reply but honestly have you googled it just give it a little try just, first just at least first and just declare that you know you're gonna get a load of emails that'll be like i have looked this on google so um i would say be obsessed do your research google is your friend no one's gonna tell you what they know you need to figure it out yourself no one's gonna give you a contact list with your name on it and then i guess the other thing would be you can't complain if your work's sitting in a drawer i can't handle when someone's really moaning about not doing what they want to do but they haven't even given it a go um because I'm all there for the moaning when it's like I'm trying really hard and it's not going the way I want it to go like totally there for you but when the piece of work hasn't even been shared with one other human being I can't have any sympathy because I'm my whole theory is get it out there and get it into people's hands told ya she's a winner right so much enthusiasm. And actually, I have to be honest, when I turned off the microphone, Emma turned to me and said, oh, do you think I was a bit too positive? And having only met her that afternoon, I thought probably a little bit early for a hug. But I was literally like, you are working your socks off doing what you love and you're worried you're sounding too positive. I mean, seriously, where is this world going wrong that we can think things like this? Hats off, that is what I say. Super inspiring and hope that was just what you needed to kick 2016 off because it certainly did the trick for us, definitely. And there's no stopping that next week. Straight on to the next one. We're chatting to an artist next week, which is actually, I guess you'd describe her as more of a painter, actually. But we will be talking about that in much more detail next week. Uh, And in the meantime, I've said it before, but as we're at the beginning of a new year, no harm in saying it again. If there's anyone you think we should be chatting to over the next few weeks, months, year, please let us know. We've got loads of fascinating folk up our sleeves, but always on the lookout for new people. So get in touch with us on Twitter at PassionPods or ping us an email. Uh, In the meantime, keep surfing that early New Year enthusiasm. You never know how long it's going to last, so make the most of it. And we'll see you next week for more of this.